Welcome everyone to one of our first podcasts of the season. I'm your host, Matthew Trung, a member of here at UWPM, a podcast director. Joined with me is Catherine Huang, program and UX strategy at Adobe and also an ex-member of UWPM. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Awesome. So I guess just to start, why don't we talk a bit about Catherine, your your program, you know, why GBDA and some of your interests for the audience. For sure, for sure. I'll do like a quick introduction then. Um, so yeah, hi everybody. My name is Catherine, you can call me Kat, and I'm entering my fourth year of global business and digital arts um, this fall. So this is post the gap year. Um, I kind of did that to complete some internships, uh, travel and explore, kind of discover what I like and don't like. Um, but yeah, so I kind of chose the program because I feel like with anybody, like when you're first applying to um, different universities, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And it was pretty broad. Um, now I like to call it a project management program in the sense that it touches on a lot of different topics. And um, I had some interest in design, some interest in business, some interest in development, which it kind of all touched on. So I was like, this is kind of nice. This sounds cool. Uh, and also, you could study abroad, too, with the program. So um, everything kind of aligned to my interest at the time. Um, but yeah, a little bit more on my interests and kind of who I am. Um, I am really passionate about creative pieces or creative um, hobbies. I've been kind of dabbling in and out. Um, I used to be a YouTuber. I hate starting like that, but it's fun to say. <laughs> but so in other words, kind of creating videos and graphics and marketing for that expanded into my other creative interests. So led into UX design, which is kind of um, more about what I'm doing today at my current role. Um, what else? What else? Yeah, uh, I don't, I got really into ph philosophy lately. <laughs> it's really random, but um, just kind of, again, after the gap year, I've kind of explored a little bit more about what I like to do and what I don't like. And just kind of fun kind of doing those little things um but yeah that's my little spiel uh hopefully that covered most of the questions you had let me know if i need to go on anything no no that was wonderful i think for a lot of the viewers you know not many of them are familiar with gbda but they understand that's something that has a lot of design and a lot of more project base and i think they'll be interested you know so all of us is having co-op maybe i think gbda kind of on your own to kind of find your internships what was kind of like that light in your journey was it always design you know your first kind of roles or did you kind of like learn into more into the business as you kind of like grew it in the years yeah so I think it's so funny like I say I'm so into the creative like arts and anything creative but when I was younger like I loved design, right? Like it could be anything, graphical design, UX design. I dabbled in it when I was in high school, elementary school, but I also kind of rejected it. It was kind of like, I liked it, but I wanted to do more. So I started to explore a bit more into the business side of things. Um, and I realized I did have a strength in it. Did I enjoy it? I didn't know too much. So in other words, um, the internships I ended up having and what I did for my gap year, um, and just for some context, um, the GBDA program, I know now it has co-op, but before it only had one internship. So in other words, I did the one internship, realized um, I don't know what I want because I did kind of a program management role. So it leaned more towards business 
Um, and I was like, okay, this is one business role, but there's so many others that I can try out and see if this is something I want to explore. Um, so I did another internship. I was a go-to-market manager at Microsoft for a bit, another business-focused role. And then now, currently, uh, you mentioned I'm a business and UX strategist. So I'm kind of leaning towards into that design phase now because I realized after doing some business roles, like, again, I still like it, but do I love it? Um, I'm still figuring that out, but I know I kind of lean towards design in all of my work. So that's kind of why I'm kind of going towards that path. Like in summary, I'm more, I have more experience in business, but I like the arts and I'm trying to gain more experience in it right now. Great, great. I think for maybe some of our maybe more junior listeners hearing like these words, like go to market and program management, maybe from your end, you know, there's a lot of words. What are the differences between maybe product management and program management in your kind of view and maybe your duties in your job? Mm -hmm, for sure. Um, I used to ask this question all the time in my one-on-ones because just for like context, when I applied to these roles, even the go-to-market management role, I had no idea what that meant. <laughs> and even when I searched it up, I still didn't understand. And even when I got into the role, I also didn't understand. So basically, I was just confused throughout the whole thing. Um, but I like to kind of start by saying, like, no matter the role um, in every company, and then in addition, in every department, the role is different each time, um, which is not a bad thing. Of course, there's still some similarities, and I'll break, in break that down. But I always like to start with that because my experience does not represent um, everyone else's experience. My program management role at Adobe the first time around, um, I was working alongside, like, I think around five other program managers, we all did completely different things. <laughs> um, product marketing, I like to say it's more in the technical space. So in other words, you're more hands-on with the like the developers and the UX designers and um, any, in other words, you're working on a, a product, obviously. Program management, um, it's a little bit more loaded. And um, I can only say this with my own experience because product management specifically, I don't know too much. So, uh, but with program management, it's more non-technical unless you're applying for obviously a technical program manager role. But in other words, you kind of manage, um, in my experience, multiple products rather than just one. Product management is more one in my kind of um, experience. But again, everybody is different. So in other words, some of the program managers at Adobe, we worked on um, certifications. So in other words, some people manage um, cert certifications for multiple Adobe products. Um, I know we know Adobe Creative Cloud, Creative Cloud, but there's also Adobe Experience Cloud, which kind of is a suite of business-based products, um, kind of like Salesforce and HubSpot. Cool. So people kind of manage like, Oh, AEM, which is Adobe Experience Manager, and then RDCDP. I don't know what that stands for yet, but in other words, they manage multiple like products and then multiple certifications. Um, so that's just one example. But um, yeah, I think just to summarize, because I know I'm going on a whole tangent here, product management, focusing on tech, more on one product, program management in general, multiple projects. It doesn't have to be a product. Great. Yeah. I think that would be really helpful for, you know, new students wanting to pick, you know, whether to focus more so on the technical aspects or maybe some of the business, but, you know, management in general is a very fulfilling role. I think, 
obviously we don't want to go too much in depth because of your maybe like your past co-ops but maybe just a lot of them were kind of like external you here like working out microsoft and here at adobe you have some maybe recruiting tips for just like externals i know that's a big thing for students trying to seek their next co-ops okay um yeah so for all three of the roles or the internships i got in university i applied to them externally um because when i tried to do the waterloo works platform i was like no this is too confusing and then also because um just for context uh for i kind of aim for big tech first because uh, honestly because like a lot of people kind of aim for it for similar reasons but it seems so sparkly right and it kind of ensured job security if I landed it. And it was kind of like a way of telling myself like, oh, I made it. Um, so I kind of aimed for those first. And because of that, uh, my main kind of leverage in approaching this was I was really lucky, honestly, to do a lot of one-on-ones because I was working on a career fair. And in other words, um, from that, I was able to have a lot of one-on-one conversations from people in the tech space. So whether it's like people from Microsoft, Adobe, Google, whatever it is, um, I got to kind of learn more about them. And then they kind of gave me tips along the way that gave insight to their culture, which I could leverage in interviews and also tips into kind of um, skills that they have in jobs I'm interested in that I could apply into my resume. So in other words, from that, I learned um, from talking to people that are in those roles in the companies I want to aim for, and also talking to students that have also been to, have went through that similar process. Um, I learned like, you gotta apply really early, which is why I didn't do the Waterloo Works route. I applied like a year early um, for Adobe specifically um, for the spring term. Um, uh, yeah, for spring term, uh, I applied in August slash September. So just to give context, and it kind of is the same with Microsoft as well um, and some other companies. Uh, but yeah, so in other words, uh, just doing those one-on-one conversations and learning from people that have experience, that's kind of where you'll learn the fastest in my personal experience. Um, and also you just kind of meet some really cool people and it's, it's really fun to enter the workforce and then reach out to the people you talked to before and be like, thank you so much because you helped me through this and um, I was able to land the role because of some of your insights. So you also just make some awesome friends. Like it's, it's yeah. Um, my main tip overall is connections. One-on-ones, um, talk to as many people as you can. It opens up so many doors and I know people mention it all the time, but it's true. <laughs> For sure, like the aspect of like networking, but actually really learning about the culture is something that I picked up. You know, you mentioned it here. Things that are not really like listed up on their web on the website are things that you can't search up. But the little nuances about the job or the company is uh, exactly. can really help you set apart. Exactly, you start to notice the patterns when you talk to like UX designers or when you talk to people at a certain like dedic like specific company. You start to note like the things they repeat, and then you know that's valuable or important in their culture, and you can kind of um, take note of that later on. I see. I think maybe you can kind of be like a guide of source for maybe people who are interested in doing like UX and that kind of the intersection with business and strategy. Maybe some, maybe some, maybe some resources or kind of like tools to like enhance. Is it just building your portfolio? What does it look like mm-hmm. on your end? 
Yeah. So it's interesting because like the the routes you take for them are so different. Um, because with business, it, it was a lot more like strategy, data. Um, and this is me generalizing because obviously business roles there's so many. And then with design, it's more like, you know, creating the portfolio. So um like just to give context, like my experience was I started off in business, but then I kept asking for UX design slash design jobs and that it was easier for me to transition. So in terms of resources, I can only really talk about the business side of things. Um, but uh, I think in summary, um, there's so many templates online. And I know I'm starting off with stuff that sounds like generic and you know it, but oftentimes people always try to... Um, reinvent the wheel in other words one of the kind of challenges that um i hear kind of managers go through when they have interns on board because i was kind of picking at the brain of my previous managers um is they come in they have tons of new ideas and they try to like start everything from scratch and like you know like show how amazing they are which is true like of course you want to do that but it's also taking a step back and looking into the company resources and um, finding things online, whether it's using ChatGPT or whatever it is, like, like when you find and take the time to collect a, uh, um, a lot of resources, uh, like I have folders for presentations and I have folders for like pitch decks, um, which is also presentations, but I have folders for, let's say, like different types of competitive analysis, SWOT analysis. Um, you get the gist. I won't go in depth there, but kind of having those ready because you actually do need them quite a lot um, in my experience, again, uh, because the whole point, um, I guess, more for the business side of things is you're trying to tell a story, convince people to do some type of call to action, right? Just to generalize again. Yeah. Um, and those kind of templates allow you to tell that story for different people, like for more data driven people, for people that are more just high level. There's that. Um, so that's where business, I'm kind of being general, feel free to ask your questions and dive in depth there. But um, for UX design, it was, it was a completely different approach. And again, I'm too inexperienced to really dive in depth here. But just from talking to other UX designers, they recommended me some tools. So there are tons of like reference platforms that you can use to get inspiration. Of course, there's, of course that exists, but kind of having a good collection and board of them. It's kind of similar to what I do with the business side of things. Having like a list of all these templates that I can leverage and use later on is really helpful, um, especially in creating like, let's say you get a design challenge from an interview. At least you have all these resources like right at the ready that you're confident in using in. Um, and also just from like I've been recommended like articles as well. Uh, I can't remember them from the top of my head, but I recommend checking out UX based um content on medium um it's really good for that and also arena it's spelled r dot n a like a r e dot n a um there's tons 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 of good um design references and font references on there as well um that was really good to uh, the the ideas on there were actually pretty you don't see that often in my like perception but um, in other words, a lot of that helped me kind of make my portfolio stand out as well. Um, hopefully that answered your question, but that's, that's that. No, totally. So medium and RNA for a little bit of the more like unique insights and, uh, details. Mm -hmm. That's correct. Exactly. Perfect. 
And I think you touched on a really important, you know, point of, you know, kind of finding that knowledge for especially any career that you're trying to get into. I know it's like cliche, but all you got to do is really collect the typical ones and just learn from it. I think from P, um, for PM is a lot of the cracking the PM case or tracking the PM interview. And here's a great time just to shout out the UWPM resource hub on our Discord, as well as our job posting alert, which can be found on our website and Discord to help you kind of seek out those co-ops and internships early on and just have the bookmarks. You know, having a collection for your, your job, uh, sorry, your uh, job postings, as well as, you know, important resources and interviews would be a great way to kind of organize your life. I guess this check out UWPM stuff (laughs) and I guess maybe speaking on some specific skills would you have any would you say there are any important skills for your roles and like how did you strengthen them in preparation for like these interviews yeah for sure um there's a lot of pieces I try to avoid the generic uh answers but I think, and what I usually say in interviews as well, um, is resourcefulness, um, finding interconnection between different spaces, and humility as well. Um, I They all kind of connect, um, but I'll kind of anchor on resourcefulness um, in the sense that I go back to those one-on-ones so much because like for me, it actually was like a really life-changing part of my life. It it allowed me to grow career-wise, of course, but it also allowed me to grow externally from that. So the resourcefulness was great because um, I got to, you know, learn more about, let's say, animation, for instance, which is completely kind of different from the tech industry at times. Like if we're talking about like Disney cartoon animations, like that piece, but then also talking to like supply chain managers at like some company that I can do. I can't think of anything at the top of my head. It's like kind of bouncing between all these different um, roles that I never knew existed, both hearing about it, but also being hands on it, hands on on them um, through extracurriculars. Um, that kind of all like helped with the resourcefulness. And then in other words, when I approach work, it's not just one mind kind of resolving, try to think of all the different solutions and trying to go through all of it because in the end where we don't have that much experience it's a lot of times you learn from others right so you get to hear other people's opinions and um, implement um, transferable skills you hear from other kind of departments sections industries and apply it to where you work and that really makes you stand out but also makes you like um, a good leader as well because you're the advice of others and maybe the advice of people like within your team right and i'm yep. them to feel heard um and also advocating for your own needs slash business goals all, while also theirs as well you have to like provide dual value right so i think resourcefulness is what i anchor on and then like humility and interconnection kind of falls like falls under resourcefulness um but yeah i think okay so that's that's the main thing that's the that's the that's the strength that's the skill how to build that um other than how i keep on talking about um, one-on-one conversation it's um kind of noting down your interests uh what however small it is and just spending some time to explore it whether it's doing an extracurricular or having like a side project 
Um, cause I know you hear the typical, like, oh, um, I might like code like a project or a game today or okay. People, I don't know if people actually just do that, but like there's, there's that route. And, but you can also think like, oh, what if I like create like a 3d sculpture or like kind of go out of, out of like what you're used to, because that's where the most learning occurs. And then it always helps in the end. So yeah, I go on a lot of tangents, but hopefully that helps. <laughs> no, I love that, you know, leveraging your conversation. And being scrappy and resourceful is key for any like PM, you know, as an intern, yes, you kind of want to have like the fundamental skills, but it's really about being likable and being like a sponge on the team. I think moving on that note, we're just going to transition a bit for, you know, kind of you as a person and what is life looking for you kind of post-grad, you know, just for some context, I believe you're on a gap year and you're doing a lot of more um, contract work. Is that correct? Yeah. So... Currently, I'm back on the same team as before when I worked at Adobe, but this time a different role. So before I was, again, a program manager, but now I'm kind of more supporting on, I, I can't talk about it because NDA, but I'm supporting on more of the business data slash UX design things, which is very loaded, but um, that's all I can say at the moment. Um, yeah, so that's been really fun. Uh, and um, I think later on, like this upcoming fall, I'll be studying abroad. And the basically the goal post-grad is from all these experiences and from the gap year and just kind of, again, exploring things I like and don't like. Um, my end goal is to just travel a lot. Like, I think mm. that's like a common thing you hear, but um, I kind of got it in me where I want to, um, and just for context again, the current role I have is remote and I can kind of bounce between like different places and also still work so in other words there's the potential of me um kind of working in like a different country for four months picking up the language there and then going somewhere else <laughs> which is kind of just something fun I really want to do um basically like I'm really passionate in the role I have now and I love my team and it, it's just like it perfectly aligns to who I am um which is just perfect right <laughs> so yeah in other words the goal is to kind of maintain that uh connection um and also like at the same time as being fulfilled in my career, being fulfilled in my life and doing that traveling, because I know it's, I'm going to say it's possible. And so in order for it to be possible. So yeah, that's the, that's the goal. <laughs> yeah. It's really nice when I have the flexibility of a role, it's good to be like, have your, it really forces your time management to really get things done. I think a lot of students would be curious, you know, where are you actually like studying abroad and like, how's that option for a lot of students? Would you recommend it or do you just want to try it out first? <laughs> I mean, um, I wanted to apply before and I did and I went through the whole process. But then unfortunately, that's when COVID hit. So then I had to postpone my travel abroad. So this time around, I applied for Japan before, but I ended up going to Japan like like, like a month oh. ago. <laughs> so because of that, I was like, okay, uh, next um, place that I haven't been to and it's on my bucket list is like just Europe in general. And I know that's, again, very vague, but I've just never been outside of North America and Asia. So I'm like, okay. So I went to, yeah, I'm going to go to Newcastle upon Tyne. So that's based in the UK and closer to Scotland. Um, and whether or not I recommend it, I'm going to, I'm going to recommend it. Who's going to not recommend to travel? Oh, that's great. <laughs> but um, I, even from that Japan trip, um, it was just like two weeks in with friends. I learned so much about myself and what I 
I keep on saying it, what I like, what I don't like, but to dive a bit more in depth is like, I know how I manage like conflict or how I manage like a language barrier, how I manage different challenges outside of work. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like it's, it's, it was a whole set of challenges and that, and it was so fun and I got to learn so much about myself and I kind of expect that same thing when I also travel to the UK. And I think that's why I kind of suggested it. Like, I'm not saying drop 5K and go. I'm saying, like, <laughs> even, like, a little solo trip. Um, and I know that might be hard for some people. But even, like, commuting to, let's say, like, I'm from Toronto. Like, going to Hamilton for a day. Like, mm-hmm. that's, been, that's fun, too. <laughs> and you kind of just, like, do it on a whim and do, like, a little little, little thing. <laughs> um, a little trip. And, yeah, and you always just learn so much about yourself when you put yourself in situations that are so new to you. Um, yeah, so overall, I recommend. <laughs> of course, yeah, who would who would take down the opportunity to travel? I guess we're gonna kind of wrap things up. I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you have maybe a final message to our UWPM listeners, a favorite advice, motivation message, or quote that you live by? Mm-hmm. Um, good question. Like the only thing I can think about right now because things have been hectic. <laughs> so on on so. My advice now is like to kind of slow down and enjoy the little things because like it's just so normal for any student. Like you kind of just want to get things done. Like it's, it's you know what I mean? Like, um, but oftentimes when you take time to listen to how you feel or what you kind of are leaning towards, what you aren't leaning towards, like it's not the big feelings that get you um, like where you are. It's not like, oh my God, I feel such a drive to like, get like to become the vice president at Microsoft like it's not that but it's a part of it but it's kind of like <laughs> just a bit just a bit yeah it's just a bit. but it's like um it's broken down to the small things because you have that drive you start to like enjoy maybe like public speaking or enjoy like leadership roles and um like when you listen to yourself you'll end up doing the things you enjoy more and then that kind of adds up and compounds to like a life you enjoy so that was really deep for no reason. <laughs> um, just slow down and listen to yourself because uh, we, ev- like everyone I talk to overlooks it. For sure. You know, life is more than just school and co-ops. And I think that kind of concludes it. I'm your host, Matthew Trung, and we were joined by Catherine Wang. And if you have any more questions, maybe feel free to search her up on LinkedIn, connect with her. And for more resources, check out our Discord, our website, and our Instagrams for no more UWPM news. Thanks for joining in. Take care, guys. <laughs>